Welcome to The Planet Business, the world's fastest growing digital business building podcast for everyone. Whether you're a first-time entrepreneur or a seasoned biz building veteran, we're here to provide a space where anyone and everyone can succeed. No matter what level you're at, you're about to discover easy-to-implement, simple methods that anyone, any gender, any race, any creed or color can use right now to create the business and life you want. Welcome to Planet Business, the bullshit-free zone. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Planet Business. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I just like doing that. You like doing it. That's why you wanted me to do the intro. No, I just like it. Your voice is prettier than mine. Nobody wants to hear me saying, you know. <laughs> anyway. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Right, let me try. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Oh, that's your scary weird DJ voice. <laughs> yeah, well, All right. Thanks On so that much. note, so <laughs> what we want to talk about today is this idea of being cut out for business. Because mm-hmm. we've had some interesting conversations about that lately. Yeah. So oh, that was a short answer. Oh, you mean, yeah, we've had, we've, had, <laughs> we've had a lot of conversations about it. And I think it's an interesting topic because, um, I mean, I got a couple stories we can, I can jump into whenever you want. But like, I think... I think a lot of people, some, some people just get pushed into doing business. I yeah. mean, that's happened with me, actually. Yeah. Um, well, there's, there's a, actually a cool book called The Accidental Entrepreneur. And yeah. I remember the first time I heard that phrase, I was like, oh, that's me. Because yeah, I accidentally ended up with a business. It was, I've got a baby at home. I have no like real job skills. I don't have a degree in anything. And I couldn't really go work at Starbucks. They don't let you bring a baby to work with you. Um, you know, the free coffee is a nice perk, but that wouldn't That's work. one of the main reasons why I had to be an entrepreneur because I can go into my daughters were little, I couldn't stand being away from them. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of a lot of parents end up with the, yeah, let me let me do something from home, especially women, because you've got kids and a house and things to take care of. Mm-hmm. So I definitely was not a let me create a business plan and figure out what the market wants. When I didn't I was, do any of those when things. When I was between businesses at the agency that I, that I ran, the, um, that was in my contract actually that my kids have to be able to be there with me. Yeah. And I had a special thing, otherwise I wouldn't do it. And the owner, it was like my boss, boss was a lady at the time. Uh, she loved that. But I mean, yeah. like, uh, you know, it's still not the same as having your own business and flying them into places yeah. where you're you know, well, doing deals and stuff. And I, I think there's, there's the people who are cut out for business versus aren't cut out for business or you know, maybe accidentally end up as entrepreneurs. But then there's also a whole lot of us who I think are probably by most standards almost unemployable. Oh yeah, which is, which is me. Yeah. Surprisingly, I, I'm very entrepreneurial. In other words, I come into someone else's business and I, and I think about, we should do actually a broadcast on this, look for entrepreneurs because I know mm. that's how I've helped a lot of people do well with their businesses. Yeah. But, um, I'm very entrepreneurial and, and actually I think I'm more entrepreneurial than entrepreneurial. Like looking back at it, meaning I can bring to bear on somebody else's business a lot more things. And sometimes it's, I, I'm able to bring into my own business, but I'm highly unemployable. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I think once you have started your business, any business where you realize you can make money doing something without somebody else telling you what to do, yeah. you do kind of become unemployable because not necessarily spoiled, but you get a little pickier. Right. When you realize you can do that. So where, where this conversation actually came from is we were talking about me and I made the statement, I'm definitely not cut out for business. Like if you were to make a list of here's the qualities you need to have to succeed as a business owner, Let's that doesn't it. match. Let's talk about it right? because, okay. because that's an important thing. I remember I was working on, 
what we, when, in my business at Launchman, we were trying to shift from doing all these launches and things. This, this was 10, as service 10 providers. Ago. Yeah, as service providers and, and strategy consultants and so forth. We were trying to shift from doing all these launches with all these guys, all these mm-hmm. you know, male gurus and uh, entrepreneurs and stuff. And we we're basically, let's, we want to help some women, right? Because my business partner at the time was a, was a woman. And we were like, she's the one that named it Launchman, by the way. But uh, so essentially, we were like, we need to shift. Let's work with some lady business coaches and, and uh, you know, entrepreneurs and speakers and so forth and help them launch things. And my reasoning for that was I actually wanted my daughters around women entrepreneurs. But here's the thing that I learned while I was working with Allie, Allie Brown. Allie Brown's a really good friend of mine. And while we were doing her launch, we were working on copy. And I was like, we were, we were basically trying to say like, our women kind of cut out to be entrepreneurs was sort mm-hmm. of the thing. And what, what do women have that makes them sort of have entrepreneurial DNA versus men? And, what, yeah. and then, so there was, there were seven things. And I won't remember all seven. I'm just probably four or five, but the, the key ones on the list of, of the seven women or feminine, because it isn't necessarily gender based, mm-hmm. but it's like feminine versus masculine feminine uh, individuals tend to have about five or six of the seven. Naturally, the two that they didn't have men, male, uh, types having spades, risk, uh, risk, risk, risk taking, risk taking, right? Um, but organization, yeah. noticing trends. Uh, oh yeah, um, women are good at that. Yeah, yeah. socializing, uh, like uh, so the ability to socialize. Entrepreneurs, that's how they build a lot of ways yeah. to build their business. Networking. Yeah, ne- networking, right? Um, and so guys, and I can't remember what the other one that guys tended to have. And so uh, Ali's whole premise, once we locked that down, because it was, it was an explosion. It was actually at that point was when there went to be more companies started by women than men. Yep. It was a 51-49 thing, and that yep. was the first time in history. It's tipped. Yeah, it's way tipped now. So so basically, uh, it was like, okay, so how do, we, how do we basically wrap this product around the idea that you're going to help them be okay and develop the be okay with and help and develop the those other traits right mm-hmm. which is one of them was risk taking um that so that they could actually have more chances of, of succeeding as an entrepreneur um and the reason why i bring all that up is because at the end of the day when you, <laughs> if you actually look at my creativity is one of them mm-hmm. remember it's creativity networking risk taking organization um uh where's that? i can't remember what the word i have i have five of them the point is, I only had like I only had like two or three of the seven, right? Yeah. And so I really don't think that I'm like that I'm like uh, really born to be an entrepreneur, other than the fact that I'm highly unemployable. <laughs> which then you start leveraging the two or three that you that right. you do have. Because I remember in seventh grade, this is a story. I remember in seventh grade, I was a class clown. It was the only way I could get attention because back then I wasn't. Does not surprise me. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't six five back then, and I used to get all the time up until about eighth or, eighth or ninth grade. I looked like a girl, like I was sort of uh, androgynous. Everybody couldn't tell that I had long curly hair, Just blonde hair. Picture. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't, I haven't, I've never actually shown you many of the pictures when I was younger because it's a bat freaking like, who the heck is that? I look like my daughter basically. <laughs> when you met her, right around when you met her, that's, I looked like that at the same age. So people would ask me, are you a boy or a girl? All oh the time, goodness. especially when I was in third, fourth, fifth grade like that. It was so you so fitting great today. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. You were just a little early. Well, gender does matter to me. I'm pretty happy with my parts. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, sorry, <laughs> a little off color. Though. The point is, Mr. Bird in seventh grade, I was class cloning it up, and we were talking about something to do with, uh, you know, business or, or marketing or leadership or something, and he made an example out of me in the room. My, my desk was over in the corner by oh, the yeah. door to the room, facing sideways so that, so that he could see me. 
at all points. And <laughs> even when he was on the white, when he was on, it was blackboard back then. He was on a blackboard, he could see me because you know I would do things like paper wads and just whatever and make faces oh and all this kind of stuff. And it was a mistake because it actually put me on a stage to where if I, when I when I did get him, the whole rest of the class could see you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, we would have hated each other in grade school. Oh yeah, absolutely. We would have, we would have hated each other. I still thought you were cute. Um, but anyways, uh, so he brings me up as an example, and he's like, "All right, so." Um, who in this class, he, he started kind of going through people, who, who could imagine Paul Wardine, Paul Wardine's dad was like the rich, he's like the rich kid, his dad would own a couple businesses, who could imagine Paul as a, as a, uh, you know, a CEO or president mm -hmm. of the company, everyone was like, oh, you know, and so they asked about, uh, I, think, I think Pam Beaner was the classic equivalent of you, redhead, big uh, eyes. Um, and wow, that was not appropriate. <laughs> well, they can't see the gestures. I'd baby. rather you say like smart, got good grades. Oh, she was smart. She was brilliant, just like you. But but uh, she also had really big eyes, and so um, her pair of eyes was large. So um, that's I remember that from seventh grade, like it was yesterday. Anyway, so he said, and who can imagine Mars here being a CEO or president of his own company? I'm having trouble imagining it now. <laughs> Wow. Okay. The, All the distractibility. right. All right. Yeah, I got that. But anyways, the whole class started laughing. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, they weren't laughing in a good way. Like yeah. I liked when they were laughing at me because I was trying to make them laugh, but they were like, you know, sort of the unbelieving laugh, like this yeah. Like, huh, could never see that. Literally from that point on, even though my mother had like told me you should have your own business someday and everything, she always said that because she she was she went from welfare state to corporate state basically. Yeah. Chewed her up. But uh it, it never occurred to me to actually want to have my own business. I was never motivated to until an authority figure Somebody told it. you you couldn't. Yeah, basically. Until an authority <laughs> figure. Well, he had just told me I couldn't. It was just him and me. I would have probably, it would have probably went, you know, I would have been upset for five minutes. Mm -hmm. But the fact that the whole class, everybody in the class was like laughing and then they all started feeling mm -hmm. bad because they're trying to visualize this class clown. Like, yeah. Literally, they call me baby clown. That was what my, my nickname was, the baby clown. Wow. Because um, he used to call me a big baby. Um, but anyways, uh, you act like a big baby. <laughs> so anyways, who can imagine Mars owning his own company, being CEO or president? And I, I didn't know what those things meant at the time because we had just gotten off welfare, basically, when you just put yourself through college. And so I, right then it cemented. And I started thinking about it, like, I'm going to have my own business. Tell me I can't have it. Talk to me like, tell me. So, uh, which leads me to a second story. All right. But that was a cementing moment. And that's an important thing. I think everybody had that it's either a boss told you something or you were driving yeah. to work one day and you were like oh, i hate this to the point where it was like a, a you know a tipping point right yeah well that was my initial tipping point and then the, the cementing tipping point uh, cementing part of my tip was was when i was uh i think i was just out of high school and i worked with this guy named ron who was one of the most simple simplest people you would ever meet like he never said more than three words and everybody just thought he was really advanced and on Saturdays, we would work at the pizza place together. He'd make the pizzas and subs and stuff, and then I would deliver them. Mm -hmm. And we, it was out in the, it was kind of in a more rural area. So it was just me and him on Saturdays, I think Saturdays and Sundays, maybe, maybe Sundays. And I, I worked with him for like two or three months. Now, this is partly creepy, right? But like, it, it really changed my mind about what being an entrepreneur actually means to somebody like me. So... One day, like after two or three months of working there, I, I, I was, especially back then, I was big into physics. I'd read all, all these physics books because I was just fascinated with how the universe works. Psychology and physics. I didn't study anything else, but mythology, psychology, physics. I read stuff on that stuff all day for some reason. Math, English, forget that nonsense. But um, so anyways, I had a, a physics magazine that I had bought 
like a science magazine, there was a physics article in it. And it, the article was basically about Bell's, Bell's theory. Uh, Bell, uh, Professor Bell is a the guy who sort of uh, developed the theory that particles, similar particles, will uh, opposites of the universe can understand what each other are doing and mm -hmm. activate in the same way at the same time. And that's okay. a proven thing. And that's kind of for the energetic listeners out there. It's like there, right? But like, you know, from a scientific standpoint, that's pretty, that's pretty marvelous. No, it's, it's always fascinating when science begins to back up what we kind right. of have intuitively known from years of spiritual right. wisdom. Yeah. You know, it is. So anyways, so I started dumping it on him. And I was like, he said, what are you reading? And I was like, uh, well, I, I don't want to get too complex. Cause you know, I really saw him as this like simple kind of like, you know, couldn't, couldn't, uh, <laughs> couldn't put two words together kind of guy. And I go, well, I don't want to overcomplicate things for you. Wait, Ron. You, you got to watch out for the quiet ones. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll listen to what yep. happened next. So I go, I don't want, uh, I don't want to get too complex for you, Ron, but this is actually, um, Bell's, Bell's theorem on, uh, particle activation and I started quoting it to him and out of nowhere this guy who for two two plus months like seemed like he he couldn't you know s spell the word word okay was like actually uh, he, out of nowhere you want to talk about freaking when you're just alone with somebody and they pull this they reveal the reality <laughs> of what they're capable of he goes actually you're quoting that incorrectly and technically and he went into all these like technical things he's like that's not like, precisely what happens and i was like who the hell am i talking to like i thought he got replaced with a clone or, or he was <laughs> alien abduction alien. so i'm like i got scared you know <laughs> i thought he was gonna axe murder me this was a big reveal and he was gonna tell yeah. me his evil plan and then, it's really cool to see the look on somebody's face when they've only ever known you as a quiet person then yeah. you actually share something yeah, like that, that. I, it's fun <laughs> so he did that to me mm -hmm. and then i was like dude, what in the heck is your story? Like he yeah. goes, and he started telling me all these like, fantastical stories about being a multimillionaire down in Florida, a real estate investor. And I was like, oh, he's mm. just making this stuff up. So the guy who owned the restaurant, uh, his name, I can't remember, I think, I think it would have been Bob. They were friends in high school. Mm -hmm. And so Ron came back from Florida. The, the story he told was that he was a multimillionaire and his, his, he got into cocaine and, and, and different Ooh. things. And then his wife basically drove him crazy with, in, in, from his point of view, she took his kids from him, uh, took all of his all of his assets, like went around behind him, mm -hmm. signed everything in her name. He ended up with nothing, and so well, cocaine was probably the problem. There. Yeah. But okay, continuing on. So he goes back. So I'm like, but I'm like, he was telling me like, he knew all these celebrities mm -hmm. and all these things and everything. So I asked Bob the next day. I was like, <laughs> Is this for real? I was like, Dude, Ron <laughs> told me this crazy because he was living above the restaurant mm -hmm. in the like, apartment above the restaurant, and, and I knew he was Bob's friend. But yeah. I didn't. All this other stuff was like crazy, and I go. Is uh, is this stuff he's saying like true? He goes, oh yeah, he left out a bunch of stuff actually. You know, like he used to own a, he like had his own like airline. He had like all this. He was like a multi-millionaire, right? Wow. And I was like, back then there was no internet because I'm right. that old, yeah, so I couldn't are. look it up and find out if what he was saying. But I couldn't go look up his Facebook and find out if these things were his LinkedIn. <laughs> so anyway, um, he said, yeah, you should actually pick his brain. He knows a lot of stuff about mm -hmm. running businesses and companies and stuff. So next time, next week when we worked, um, I said, all right, so. Bob has confirmed that your stories are true. Um, so I got some questions for you because like in seventh grade, Mr. Bird told me and I told him that story. Mm -hmm. And I said, so, you know, what's your advice in life, you know, especially mm. about business and stuff like that. And he goes, well, if I could give you one piece of advice, he said, there, I could, there's a bunch I could give, there's only one that really matters. If you can have your own business, always have your own business. But if you can't always have two jobs because life is full of minor tyrants. Right, <laughs> which goes to the point of why to have your own business in a lot of ways, yeah. which is you don't have to deal with the minor tyrants. My daughter's actually dealing with 
some yeah. minor tyrants. She has two jobs right now and she has minor tyrants at both of them. So she's like ping pong. I think most tyrants. people who've had a job can, can identify with that idea. <laughs> yeah, the minor right. tyrant syndrome. So anyway, that was the thing that cemented it. From that point, mm-hmm. I became very intentional about having my own business. And my mom was always very supportive of like investing in any businesses and things. But, I, but to be honest, to, to actually get to the point of our, peop, our people cut out to have businesses, what I've noticed is a lot of people push this idea of, you know, passion, do what you're passionate about. And I don't disagree with that. Like, I'm creative. Yeah, no, I feel like we're about to get into something here. Yeah, but that's fine. Finish <laughs> your thought, and then I'll argue. Which is, which is that a lot of people, they tell people to just do whatever they're passionate about, right? They say, like, you know, you got to follow your passion, right? Which, to some degree, is true. But yeah. at the same time, you have to distinguish whether or not you have a hobby or you have a business. Right. Okay? So whatever your passion, find a passion thing that can actually, if it's a business, yeah. that will turn from just being something that's enjoyable for you to do into something that actually can generate income for you, your family, yeah. and the people you care about, right? So you can actually not have to have a boss because otherwise, if you put your priorities out of order, yeah. you know, like we were talking about earlier, which I think seeded this conversation, the, the question is, is this a business or is this a hobby? So please jump in and give your counterpoint. I'm well, sure. I would just say, I think a lot of people discount the role that passion plays. Passion, I think is fundamental to having a business. It should be what powers your business because running a business is hard. Like yeah. that, that's the thing that when you accidentally end up with a business, nobody prepares you for the fact that not only do you suddenly become all of these things within your business, you've got to be the marketer, the salesperson, you're creating content. You're, I mean, there's so many things you're doing and, and accounting and like taxes that you suddenly are responsible for you tell me everything. When your kids were little, you used to actually have two different hats that you wore. I had hats with labels when my kids were little so they would know when or mommy was in work <laughs> mode or when mommy was in mommy so mode. So you actually put a different hat on. I did. It was because they were little. And I was homeschooling at the same time that I was running my business and still being mom and, you know, house cleaner and all the other roles. And so I did. I literally had hats that would say when I was in teacher mode, I had a hat, a label on the hat that said teacher. So that it was school mode. I had one for work and I had one for mom mode, essentially. And it kind of became a joke with them as they got older. But it was it was really helpful <laughs> because if I was in work mode, I needed to be in work mode. Um, but I think passion and doing something that you actually care about is what at least for me and I think for most people who lean towards the feminine side it's the only thing that keeps you going on those days when you want to literally throw your computer out the window because it's I I I don't want to learn QuickBooks and I don't want to and until you get to a point where you can afford to outsource that stuff you have to do it all yourself and so Steve Jobs said this about like 90 90 99% of business is uh not good. So you yeah. better be doing something that you love to get you through that 99%. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think as far as the not being cut out for business, and I'll, I have got some stories off to share in another episode because we, we want to wrap, wrap up soon. But oh, I, have, I think I have the, the idea, no, I, that was, that, that's good because I think everybody has those stories of either the moment that made them realize that somebody's telling them they can't, so they want to do it. Actually, yes, if people, or, can, people can post comments on yeah. that. If they can post, uh, um, tell us your stories. Yeah, yeah, I'd actually be interested to know what other people's uh, like incentive and, and instigation for with having their own businesses, yeah. other than just that's something cool that they like to do. But like the thing that made them go, you know what, and then <laughs> and throw the right something on the ground and be like, that's it. That's and, it. I'm I'm doing this thing. Yeah, I, I and I think it's not so much that you have to be cut out for business. Some people naturally are good at like 
the business side of their business. And I think for the rest of us, because that's definitely not not my strength. Nobody who knows me would say, oh yeah, you're great at like the strategic planning, risk taking, all of that side of business. But it's something that if you know that's your goal, you just make a conscious effort to learn those things and to work on it. Because you can learn any of those skills as long as you set that goal for yourself and you're excited about it. Right. Skill is just a talent that it's taught to you basically a talent just you're born with it but you can't control the things you're born with yeah you're just born with them. you're tall you're tall you're short you're short you're redhead redhead well you can dye your hair um yeah no i mean some things you can change but honestly the the foundational business stuff i don't think that's something you have to be born with to be successful in business i think what you what you've got to have is passion for what you do and the like decision willingness to put the hustle in and actually do the work. Oh yeah. Consistency and determination. Yeah. As long as you've got that. And that's one thing that I see in, in all of my clients across the board is like, man, if I were to like go through some sort of MBA program evaluation and be like, is this business going to succeed? Most of us would probably score pretty low on that. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the clients I work with, People would look at it and go, no, you can't build a business around that, or that's not going to work, or this person's not cut out for it, but it's not yeah. about that. Yeah, but I've seen it really isn't. Determined people. Exactly. Who are creative. I have absolutely, if you're determined and creative, to me, determined is more important. It is. Creative. It's the one thing that I found is universally true of successful uh, you entrepreneurs. just can't give up. Yep. You well, literally. let me rephrase that. What I tell my clients is you can give up, but not today. You can't give up today. Tomorrow, I don't care. But today, you can't give up. And as long as you keep that mindset of, let me just get through it for today, whatever's on my list that I got to get done today, then you're fine. Because every day, you just keep getting through it for that day. That's, that's what that's works for advice. me. <laughs> and I know that's not like the most long-term mindset shifting thing, but that's all you got to do is get through today. Yep. So I guess my, my two cents as the like conclusion point is you don't have to be cut out for business. You just have to decide you want to do it. Yeah, you have to. You don't have to be cut out for business. You have to cut out. You have to cut out what you need to be able to do business. Basically, you have to, yeah. You know, cut, yeah. cut out like on a piece of paper. Cut That's out. the thing. Cut it out yourself if you're not cut out for it. <laughs> there you go, and and it's it's one of those things that I think is a constant evolution. Um, we were on a, a mastermind call the other day, and the idea came out that butterflies have it easy they only have to come out of the cocoon once mm -hmm. but as a business owner and an entrepreneur you are constantly going back in a cocoon and fighting your way back out of it at every new level in your business and i thought that was a great analogy for what it's like you just have to keep being determined to whatever that skill is you go okay i need this piece now you just go learn it yeah. so all right closing thoughts oh, I, <laughs> uh, sadly we agree basically i do i do ask people to like if you're doing hobby mode in, in your business and you actually want a business just call yourself on that. Like don't lose the passion and the love for doing it. Yeah. Don't sacrifice that part, but also do realize that there's the serious parts that you, the part, the things that you're probably putting off that you know that you need to do, do those right now. Yeah. <laughs> As part of your not Make the decision. Yep. I want this to be an intentional business and I'm going to handle it like a business. Yeah. And that, that's hard to do because you got to separate yourself from your business. Yep. Very so. tough. Yep. All right. So next episode, I will tell you, and I don't think I've told you before. Have I ever told you the one thing I got detention for in sixth grade? No, you got, I can't imagine you getting detention. I got detention <laughs> and my dad argued with my teacher. This is a quintessential rule follower. So I'm imagining that this is oh, some yeah. sort of. No, and it, it actually ties into me realizing the difference between what school trains us for and what's allowed and what business is really like. Well, trade stories. I'll tell you about the time I didn't get detention. It was, there was this one time. <laughs> so one day out of thousands, you didn't get detention. Yeah, yeah. I got, well, actually I got detention, detention twice. 
I once got detention for chewing gum. Um, you know, but that's pretty normal. Nicotine gum? No. Okay, that's good. We should, probably, we should probably not end. I think we'll end this episode here. All right. Join us again for the next episode. I will tell you how I got detention in sixth grade and how that uh, set me up for some interesting thoughts about business and uh, starting my own. See you next time on 